Welcome to the Fast God Stuff Podcast, where we make biblical theology simple, practical, and fun so that we can love God and others more. I'm Conrad, and the one fictional place I'd like to visit is Narnia. (laughs) So good. And I'm Jesse, and the one fictional place I'd like to visit is a hobbit hole. Fun! <laughs> We're just two guys trying to follow Jesus, hanging out in the studio with our Bibles and guitars. We take just 30 minutes to chat about a theological topic and God. renew our minds with the good things of Christ. Stuff that's got stuff. What are we talking about today, Conrad? Well, today on this episode, we are talking about... What's the deal with my self-esteem? Two, three, four, what's the deal with my self-esteem? What's the deal with my self-esteem? Self-esteem! So all of us deal with self-esteem and self-worth issues. But the problem is when we try to raise our self-esteem, we often turn to the wrong places and the self-esteem issues just come right back or we end up creating a whole different set of problems. Right. So in today's episode, we're going to explain what proper self-esteem is and what to do about it. Yeah, we are. So Jesse, all of us, every one of us, including myself, we all deal with self-esteem issues. For one thing, we all have negative thoughts about ourselves that we're not beautiful enough or successful enough or we're not wanted enough. And then secondly, we have other people to deal with and their negative thoughts about us. Right. I mean, no matter how we cut it, there's no doubt that we want to have a sense that we as people at in the essence of our being are worthwhile, that we're valuable to the world and to others around us. Yeah, and when we say I'm not good enough or beautiful enough or successful enough in my eyes or in the eyes of someone else, without realizing what we've done is we've created these measurements in our minds and we have come to the conclusions that we don't meet up with these measurements. Right, we're always trying to measure up whether we create the standard or we think it's perceived by society or culture. There's always in our minds some sense that there is a limit. There is some kind of measuring stick and we're trying to constantly see if we stack up against those standards. So Jesse and I came up with our top five standards we think people measure themselves by in rank of how much it affects someone's self-esteem. So my top five going from lowest to highest, I think um, number five is status. So people feel really good about themselves when other people look up to them. Uh, The next one I have, have as popularity, people really feel good about themselves when others want to be around them. The next one I have is success. People feel really good or bad about themselves if they achieve personal goals or are better than worse than others. I mean, this could be career. It could be sports. It could be anything. And the next one I have is beauty because we all know that people worship beautiful people and we want to be one of them. From the moment that we wake up or whenever we try to post a perfect picture online, we know that beauty matters to us. And then my number one criteria for self-esteem that either shoots someone's self-esteem through the roof or makes it come crashing down faster than any other measurement, I think, is being loved romantically. Because when somebody falls in love with you, your self-esteem shoots through the roof and vice versa. If you're if somebody dumps you or you get go through a divorce, your self-esteem comes crashing down harder and faster versus any other standard. Great. So I started my list way at the top with fulfillment or self-actualization. So 
maybe everybody at this point is familiar with this concept called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is at the very top of that is this idea of achieving one's full potential. That the best thing that we can achieve in life is to be self-fulfilled. And the second thing was power or influence. Sometimes the way in which we justify that we're worthwhile is our ability to influence or have influence over other people, even if it's just informal. Yeah. The ability yep. to have some kind of impact on our friends or our loved ones, or our neighbors. Yeah. Do people actually care about what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's, of course, the reason why we're so prone to look for those likes on Facebook or yep. Instagram or Twitter yeah. is to know that somehow we're doing something, we're putting something that's of worthwhile into the general interwebs and people are affirming that it's valuable by hitting the little heart button or the like button. Yeah. Number three is respect because at some point we want to be appreciated by other people around us. Mm-hmm. Number four is relationships. This idea that somehow the best thing that we can achieve in life is to have family or to have a loved one or a mm-hmm. spouse. And in so doing that helps us to feel appreciated and respected and loved and cherished. And so we desire right. to be appreciated. Yeah. Number five would be achievement, that we've accomplished something worthwhile in life and all the better if it persists beyond our lifetime. Yeah. The bottom line is all of us, Conrad, are wrestling with this almost every day. We have to find a place where we know that we're worthwhile and we're valuable. And so all of us wrestle with this. Nobody's exempt from this particular struggle. Mm -hmm. And so basically, if you're looking for where you can get your self-esteem, there's good news. There's a club for that. It's called Everybody. And we meet together all the time. Right. So when people are struggling with self-esteem, the natural reaction would be to try to boost your self-esteem. So I did a bunch of research on boosting self-esteem from psychologists and PhD types. And if I had to summarize their philosophy into two words, it would be positive thinking. More specifically, positive thinking about the standards you've chosen for yourself. And so to illustrate this, I chose the very number one result of how to boost your self-esteem on Google. And I came across this PhD clinical uh, psychologist who has, uh, who's an author and he has TED Talks with over two, 20 million views. And his name is Guy Winch. And his article is called Five Ways to Build Lasting Self-Esteem. Ooh. Yeah. So, Conrad, this is as good a time as any to actually bring in our very special guest to the Fast God Stuff podcast, Dr. Victor Wagner, who is an expert on the subject matter of self-esteem. Welcome, Dr. Wagner. Yeah, it's wonderful to be here on your podcast. I'm very excited to tell you and your listeners how to boost your self-esteem. <laughs> Uh, it's so good to, I'm sorry, Dr. Wagner. It's so good to have you here. I loved your work in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> oh, you like that? Danke. Danke schön. But you're here today because we know that you're an expert in this matter of studying self-esteem and how to build it. So tell us a little bit about self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. I'm a big fan of Guy Vinch, PhD in clinical psychology, and I will be quoting from his work today on how to build lasting self-esteem. Please do. So number one, use positive affirmations correctly. For affirmations to work... When your self-esteem is lagging, tweak them to make them more believable. For example, change, I'm going to be a great success to I'm going to persevere until I succeed. 
So what you're saying is we're using these affirmation statements incorrectly? Yeah, yeah. They must not just be positive affirmations, but they must be believable positive affirmations. So what you're saying is I know I'm not good enough. And because I'm not good enough, what I need to do is create a really tiny standard that's totally achievable. And that will make me feel better about myself. Well, I wouldn't put it that way, but generally speaking, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what's the second way? Guy Vinch says, identify your competencies and develop them. Figure out your core competencies and find opportunities and careers that accentuate them. Don't choose the standards that are most important to you. Choose the ones that you have a reasonable chance of reaching. <laughs> okay, so once again, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this because I, I want to build my self-esteem. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is, let's not pick the stuff that actually is meaningful to us, but pick the thing that you know you can achieve. So if it's important to me, I'd like to be better at basketball, but I'm just not good at that. I should instead make my standard walking to the mailbox, which is something that I can achieve. Well... I wouldn't put it that way, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Do you want to hear the next one or not? <laughs> All right, so what is the next one, Dr. Wagner? Ah, yeah. This next one is very important. It says eliminate self-criticism and introduce self-compassion. So sounds like what you're saying, Dr. Wagner, is that I'm actually being too hard on myself, even though I'm creating standards so that I can prove that I'm worthwhile. So I just need to create excuses for why I'm this way? Well, I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> but yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of things you wouldn't say and wouldn't call stuff. Is that also true? The, the words you are using are not very clinical. <laughs> Your words need to be more technical. What is the next thing? So, the last one is very, very important. This is maybe the clincher of them all. Affirm your real worth. Oh, this is going to be real good. This is the real thing right here. We can figure out what we're really worth. I'm ready. Go ahead, Dr. Wagner. Gavin says, make a list of qualities you have that are meaningful in the specific context. Yes. For example, if you get rejected by your date, list qualities that make you a good relationship prospect. Yes. If you fail to get a work promotion, list qualities that make you a valuable employee. Then choose one of the items on your list and write a brief essay, one to two paragraphs, about why the quality is valuable and likely to be appreciated by other people in the future. Okay. Do the exercise every day for a week or whenever you need a self-esteem boost. Wait, 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 wait. So part of the way to get a self-esteem boost is to write an essay about a, something that's important part of who I am at least weekly? Or every day, if needed, you need to reinforce your standards that are both easy to reach and also arbitrary. One to two paragraphs. <laughs> That's the key. But and do we just do it every just... day, every day for a week? That's so much writing. Self-esteem boost. So presumably, 
some people would just be writing forever, one to two paragraphs every day to make themselves feel better. But didn't we just determine that the, sometimes the standards that we set are too high? So we've actually set the wrong standards, but you want us to write a paragraph about the wrong standards so that it can make us feel better? Yeah. But see, before we were just talking about it, and now we are writing it down. <laughs> that is the difference. Ah, uh, that makes complete and utter nonsense. It's better just to write down the craziness than to just speak about it. It's not just positive thinking. It's positive writing. <laughs> that is why Guy Vinch is a brilliant psychologist. Don't just... Think about it. Write about it. Write it down. Well, that's probably as good a place as any to end the interview. Thank you, Dr. Wagner. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to reading your essays. (laughs) Wow, that that Dr. Wagner, um, he's uh, (laughs) he's something, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) So if you read more of these self-esteem articles, they all basically say the same thing. It's about positive thinking. So to raise your self-esteem, you have to raise your opinion of yourself by changing and lowering your standards. And people have totally bought into this. All you have to do is check social media for posts that are just some graphic with some positive sounding quote, like you're strong, you're beautiful, you'll get through it, it'll get better. It's basically essentially a meme that's supposed to have some authority on self-worth. That somehow looking at yourself positively, having a good opinion of yourself is somehow going to give you real worth, real factual, undeniable value and worth. So there are at least three major problems about basing your self-worth on opinion. Problem number one is if your value comes solely from your opinion of yourself, that means you didn't have real factual value to begin with because we all know from elementary school that facts are facts and are independent from our opinion. Right, because what you've done is you've created the value yourself. And not only is that value subject to change based on how you feel, but it's really something that's been self-manufactured and it's going to get crushed under the weight of everything else in life. The second problem is you may in fact actually just pick horrible measurements. Right, and if you think about it, successful drug dealers and criminal kingpins have amazing self-esteem specifically because they have picked the wrong measurements for self-esteem and they have met or exceeded these measurements of self-esteem. Right. And the third problem about basing your self-worth on your opinion is you are not the only one with an opinion about your worth. Right. And because you're not the only one about with opinions about yourself, what that means is If somebody else expresses a contrary opinion to how you view yourself, it's possible that that will completely undo and override the way that you feel about yourself. So if you're having a pretty good day and you feel like I'm a pretty good person and somebody calls you out for something, even randomly, just in a comment online or on Facebook or on Twitter, it's possible that could totally destroy you, level you out because it might undo everything that you feel about yourself in that moment. But wait, there's more actually, because Even if opinions could give us human value, which we just determined they can't, fixing your self-esteem doesn't actually address our real problem, which at its core, the real problem is sin. Right. So in fact, the very standards we are trying to reach, success, beauty, power, influence, romance, when we set these things up as things that will make us happy, we are turning these achievements into idols, into replacements for finding happiness in the God of the universe. 
So achieving self-esteem, as the world defines it, simply means that you've found your personal replacements for God. I am successful. I am beautiful. I am married. I have influence. Our self-esteem really is self-worship, and we become our own idol, and that sin is called pride. Right. So when we bring God into this equation, we can actually find a non-opinion, factual basis for our worth, our value, not just as an individual, but for the entire human race. Exactly. So let's say, Conrad, you're walking down the street, and you see like a $100 bill just blowing on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Would you go and pick it up? Absolutely. Okay, let's say you're walking down the street and you see a $100 bill, but it's covered in some mud. Would you go and pick it up? Yes. Let's say you see the $100 bill and right before you go to pick it up, a dog pees on it. Are you still going to pick it up? Absolutely. <laughs> so why? Why would you take this money even though it's it's dirty and all this stuff is happening to it? Why is it still valuable to you? Because it is worth $100 no matter what. And who has established that worth? The uh, a higher authority of the government. Exactly. So that's a great example because no matter what, if God gave you value, no matter your opinion of yourself, no matter how ugly or dirty you are or think you are, you're still like that $100 bill because God is the one who created you and sets your value. Your opinion can't change your worth. Other people's can't opinion can't change your worth. If you just got dumped or if you just got married if you just got promoted or fired, if you won or lost a championship, everyone at all times is that $100 bill, no matter how dirty that $100 bill is. Right. Okay, so the entire Bible pretty much says how important humans are to God and how humans have worth. But is there a verse that we can point to that sums this up? So we find this right in the beginning, in the very first chapter of the Bible, where the Bible's explaining how the whole earth is created in Genesis 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So this idea of humans being made in the image of God is the key. This is where God gives us our worth. He makes us different. He makes us more valuable than all the other creation because unlike the rest of creation, we can actually be in the loving family of God. So the purpose of man's creation as the image of God is that man might enjoy a personal relationship with the creator. Mm -hmm. We were made to be in consummate harmony and in relationship with God. And so being created in the image of God or in the likeness of God means being created to share the status of Jesus Christ's royal sonship, that just as Jesus was God's son, so also can we be his children. And because we're his children, we're sent out with a mission. We're representing him here on earth. That's why he says, go out and have dominion over all the earth. In other words, exercise and show God's glory in the way in which you manage things. And in so doing, you have worth because God is sending us out as his emissary, as his representative. So, like the $100 bill, all humans have worth, no matter what, whatever gender you are, whatever race you are, if you're rich or poor, successful or unsuccessful, beautiful or ugly, whatever political beliefs you have, even if you're good or evil, you have worth. You don't have to do anything to receive human worth, which means you should love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself, and love your enemies like Christ says. Right. 
So now you might be thinking, well, wait, wait, wait. If we all have human value and our sin can't change that, then why does God punish sin? Well, it's exactly because humans have value, which comes from this ability to love and be in relationship with God, is why our sin must be punished. Right. Because, okay, if instead of loving you, I say something hateful to you, if love is to have any meaning at all, God must say, there must be a difference between how love is treated and how non-love is treated. So, God upholds love through justice. And likewise, if instead of loving God, we dislove him through disobedience, he must again uphold love through justice. And regarding ourselves, if we dislove ourselves through sin by acting in a way contrary to our design, God likewise must uphold love through justice. So justice really is a love of love. That's correct. Love always seeks to defend that which is pure and valuable and true. And so because God is righteous, he will always, either in this life or in the judgment to come, execute judgment, especially as it pertains to people and how we treat one another, because his image has been placed indelibly on each person. Right. And so anytime that we disrespect someone, we are, are, in a sense, creating cosmic treason against God. And so when we start to see it that way, it should help us understand why love is compelled because it is not only a matter of personal respect and priority, it's a matter of loving God. And this is why James says, we cannot love each other except that God loved us first. He's the one that set the standard in so doing. He's the one that helps us to see that when we look to our neighbor or to our enemy, we find the image of God and that compels us to worship God by honoring that person. Right. So by introducing God into this equation, first, it gives us a foundation for human worth which is something self-opinion can never do. It says God created you as a million-dollar bill, but instead of somebody like George Washington's image, God's image is on you, and your value is backed up by the bank of God. So your opinion doesn't affect your worth, and impressing others doesn't affect your worth either. And what are we supposed to use our worth for? God designed us to spend ourselves, so to speak, on loving God and loving others. And we are to follow the example of Christ in how to spend our worth. But in our sin, we spend ourselves trying to meet external measurements that can never bring true lasting happiness. So we're concerned about the outside, outside measurements, success, beauty, and status. But God is concerned about the inside. He's concerned about your heart. And when you do work on the inside, this then affects everything you do on the outside. So because of this, God's work is on the inside, in your heart. So just as a good personal coach pushes your physical limits to make you physically stronger to do a specific task, God pushes you spiritually to make you spiritually stronger. And this inward spiritual strengthening is called sanctification where God is transforming you to be more like Christ. And just like how physical exercise can be difficult, spiritual exercise can also be difficult. Whenever we encounter hardship in our lives, God wants us to use that as the raw material to go to Him in prayer. So whenever you have a destructive episode of a low self-opinion, turn your self-esteem into God-esteem by going to God in prayer. Turn your self-pity into an excuse to go before Him in prayer. Exactly. So let's get really practical with that. When you're having a bout of low self-esteem and you go to God in prayer, 
it starts to point you in the right direction. First, by simply going to God in prayer, you've already placed yourself in the position to receive help. Humility says, I need help from you, God, and you are the only one who can truly help. Right. Secondly, knowing that you need help from God, it forces you to think about how he wants to help. And remember, with God, it's all about the inside, making you more like Christ. So think of God's help this way. Which bad stuff does God want me to get rid of, and what good stuff is he trying to grow in me? Then ask for help with those two sides, and then go to worship. Thank your loving Father for his love and his patience and his relationship with you. So our prayer has three things, the good, the bad, and the worship. So let's see how this works in a real-life situation. So let's say you're single, and that's just killing your self-esteem. How can your prayer have the three things? The bad, the good, and the worship. So one of the bad things that God might be trying to remove from your life in a loving way is he may very well be exposing that you have an idol that's romance and you're trying to find fulfillment in another person, a sinner, and using that person as a replacement for God. Exactly. And at the same time, God might be trying to promote good stuff in your life by growing fruit of the spirit, such as things like patience and peace and self-control by drawing him back to himself who should be really your first love. So you pray for help for both those sides of sanctification, then thank God for growing you to be more like Christ. So now let's say you have a low self-esteem because how you look. How do we include our three things, the bad, the good, and the worship? So the bad stuff could be, God might be showing you that your idol is beauty, or maybe that we're focusing on the outside but neglecting the inside. Right. And the good stuff God could be growing you could be so many things. It could be peace, with how God made you, or self-control with your health, or maybe God is setting you up to be able to minister to others who are going through something similar. So you pray for help with both those sides of sanctification, then thank God for growing you to be more like Christ. Right. And one major point with prayer, you should never pray to meet your standards of self-esteem. You should never pray for beauty or status or to win the game or weight loss, or you don't pray for a new romantic partner because now you are praying to receive your idols. What we should be praying for is Christ-likeness. That being said, it is good to want to do better at your job, to take better care of your body, or to date, but most anything can turn to sin when they become idols, when you primarily do these things to make you feel better rather than out of love or obedience to God. 1 Corinthians says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. So you can show love to God when you're being responsible for what he's given you, your time, your resource, your body, and you use these things for loving him and loving others. So it's okay to be unhappy that you're not where you're supposed to be and you have room to grow. That's not low self-esteem. That's just humility and repentance. So you turn that into embracing what God is growing on the inside, such as patience, self-control, and peace and joy, and you take those to the outside, into doing a good job, into taking care of your body, into influencing others, and into your relationships. Right. So, Jesse, what is the deal with self-esteem? When I come to the place that I actually acknowledge that I've made a mess of my life and that I need God, we're actually, for the first time, seeing the universe as it truly is, because I understand that I cannot 
achieve the standard that has God has set for me in obedience and love to him and love to others. And so it's as if I was drowning in the ocean, but I refused to acknowledge I was actually treading water and starting to drown. The minute I cry out for help and somebody throws me the life preserver is actually the sweetest point of all life because you're recognizing that I need to be rescued. I need a savior and I'm asking for the help that I so desperately need. This is why repentance is so important. It's not just having bad feelings. It's not just about guilt because in the Bible, the word repentance, especially in the Hebrew word in the Old Testament is the word shuv and it means to turn 180 degrees. So it means to say not only that you need help, but by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're turning from all of your destructive patterns that you exhibited in your prior existence, and you're turning toward God, toward sanctification, and toward abundant life in relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. So when that feeling of low self-esteem hits you for any reason, against any measurement, and you're feeling like you have little to no value or worth, or you're finding the need to impress others— The problem isn't low self-worth. The problem is you already have worth and you're trying to increase something that's already at its maximum. You are already that million dollar bill with God's image on it that God made and values and loves. So if we're trying to increase our value by trying to meet measurements that we've set up for ourselves as idols, such as beauty, success, romance, or status, We put ourselves on a treadmill because those things can never bring true peace, joy, and happiness our souls desire. When you know that you're already that million-dollar bill, you can spend yourself doing what you were created for, loving God and loving others. And God is always helping us get better at that through sanctification. So when that feeling of low self-esteem hits us, what do we do? Step one, we go to prayer. Step two, we go to prayer. And step three, we go to prayer. And in your prayer, thank God that your worth comes from your relationship with him and have your prayer include our three things, the bad, the good, and the worship. And this way we can turn self-esteem into God esteem. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Nay! Dr. Wagner, how'd you get back in here? <laughs> Tell a friend about this episode and remember to subscribe to the Fast God Stuff podcast. Fast God Stuff is a proud member of the Society of Reform <laughs> Podcasters. And please check out fastgodstuff.com for all kinds of content that will give you a self-esteem boost. Until next time, love God. Love others. That's it. Get out of here. Get out of here, Dr. Wagner. One to two paragraphs. Out. <laughs> <laughs>